Welcome to the Make Dementia Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rita Jablonski. I'm a nurse practitioner and researcher with almost 35 years of experience working with people who have dementia and their family and formal caregivers. I explain why behaviors happen, what the behaviors mean, and how to best handle them. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes and is no substitute for medical advice or care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25, What to Do When a Person Living with Dementia Refuses to Take Their Medication. And first, I apologize that I'm a little delayed getting this podcast finished and launched. I had a lot of Christmas, and it was wonderful. So today, I it took me a bit to kind of get my shit together. Oh, I, I love vacations, even though my vacations from my day job, I actually do more work with my podcasts and everything else. Oh, and also some exciting news. My book, Make Dementia Your Bitch, is moving along to seeing the light of day. Yeah, fucking A. I received the edited version from my publisher, Christmas Day. And I wanted to say to Tracy, dude, you know, you can take off. But I wanted to give a a shout out. I am self-publishing. And I decided to go with a company called The Bookmakers. And Tracy Adkins is one of the co-owners. And it's pretty cool. You tell them what you want to do. You hand them a manuscript. They hook you up with people to make covers. And I have a really neat cover. And then they get you the ISBNs and and all that stuff. So it's kind of nice to get support and work with someone. So Tracy, if you're listening, thank you very much. And now I'm going to get onto the content. So oftentimes, family members of people living with dementia get into a giant ass tug of war about medication. Why are you giving that to me? I don't need that. There is nothing wrong with me. And this is such a source of aggravation and frustration for the family caregiver. And then it poisons the relationship with the person living with dementia because the two of you are always at loggerheads about the medications, especially if the person living with dementia needs medications multiple times a day. So the first question I would suggest that you ask one of the providers, whoever is prescribing the medicine, or when you go to the primary care provider is, are these medications absolutely necessary? And that's where I start because at least once a week, I'm on the phone with a family caregiver dealing with that issue. And one of the first things I talk about is which meds I believe we can safely stop. And here's a great example. 
Did you know that proton pump inhibitors such as omeprazole, which is generic for Prilosec, and there's a bunch of others, are really intended for short-term use? I'm talking a couple of weeks, maybe a month or two. Most people don't know that. And what happens with a lot of individuals, not just people living with dementia, but with all of us, is we will go to our provider with a specific problem, and oftentimes we are given a medication, and we stay on that medication. Now, some medications you do need to stay on. Others, maybe the dosage needs to be dropped, or maybe the medicine needs to be dropped altogether. And the rebound symptoms of really bad heartburn can be minimized by both weaning down or titrating the dosage, because that's the first question I get. Well, if I stop giving him this medicine, will the reflux come back? It can be minimized oftentimes by weaning them off the med. And the second thing is you can also use something temporary like Tums or some type of immediate action medication to, that, that can uh, alleviate the problem while you're getting them off the medicine. Now, I'm telling you this just to start the conversation. I'm not saying you go into the medicine cabinet and you decide I'm taking my loved one off of all this stuff. The first thing I do is I work with the family member and encourage him or her to speak with either the clinician who prescribed the med or the primary care provider about reducing the number of medications. In my practice, I'm pretty lucky because I work for a pretty giant organization. And if the PCP or healthcare provider is part of that organization, is part of that healthcare system, I can contact the clinician directly and start the conversation going. So let's say you've done that. You've talked to the different clinicians and you were able to figure out what medicines can safely be stopped and what medicines absolutely are necessary. The next approach is entering their reality. Persons with dementia may forget that they have health issues that require medication. Sometimes you taking the medication together may help normalize the experience. You may also need to repeat the short, simple explanations as to why the medication is needed and tailor that to enter their reality. And when I keep saying that phrase, enter their reality, I mean you come up with reasons that make sense to the person with dementia and reflects his or her values. One of my uh, clinical encounters was with an individual who had a heart attack as a very young person. And because of that experience, that experience was seared into his memory and it happened long ago, so it was still part of the remote memories that he had access to. And his wife learned that if she handed him a pill and told him it was for his heart, he would take it because taking a pill for his heart made sense to him. He had forgotten a lot of things, 
like the fact that maybe he should be taking medicines for diabetes and for other health problems, but he still recalled that he had had a heart attack in the distant past and therefore was open to taking medicines that were for his heart. And even if the medicine wasn't really directly for his heart, when you think about it, people with diabetes also can be at higher risk for heart problems. So telling someone that this medicine, which controls blood sugar, ultimately helps the heart, you're not lying. You are just simplifying the conversation. Because as I've said in other podcasts, we do this all the time. We over-talk. We oversell. You simply say it's for this and you give a reason that makes sense to them. One of the more amusing reasons I heard from a family caregiver, and I would caution you, but I thought it was pretty <laughs> unusual, is one of my ladies told her husband that his pills were, w would all help him perform sexually. And okay, I mean, she wasn't lying because if you control blood sugar, if you control blood vessel disease, those are things that can cause erectile dysfunction and contribute to it. Now, I'm not sure I'd recommend that because if you're giving someone medications and you're telling them, hey, this will help you perform better sexually, you may start another chain of events that you may or may not want to deal with. But in this particular case, he was okay with taking any pill that he believed would enhance his sexual performance. And there were no unintended consequences to my knowledge. It worked. So what I want to do is take a quick advertisement break and then circle back to another way to enter a person's with reality and get them to accept the medications. I'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back. The third version for entering their reality, and also my personal favorite, because this reason would definitely work with me, was provided by an adult caregiver who prefaced handing her mother pills by saying, Mom, these pills will help you to look younger. The background to this was mom was a woman who always took a lot of pride in her appearance. And she was a beautiful woman and continued to be a, a beautiful woman even as she was entering her 80s. The daughter tapped into mom's value system. And with entering reality, I believe if what you are saying has some aspect of truth or what is you believe to be true, it feels more authentic. And the daughter's reasoning was, if mom took her medication and felt better, 
she would look better and ultimately would look younger versus if she didn't look, if she didn't feel good, she would look sick and haggard and look older beyond her years. So that reasoning made perfectly good sense. Now, a third issue that often happens as the dementia gets much worse in the severe stages is people can have problems with swallowing pills and will chew them. This is an example of forgetting how to do things in the reverse order of how they were learned. When you think about it, when we give children medicines, we give them liquid or chewable medicines like chewable vitamins. We teach them to swallow pills later. So if swallowing a pill is the issue, talk to your provider about switching medications to liquid options, chewable options, or perhaps even skin patches because some medicines come in those delivery systems. And that is something you really need to talk to your provider about. Always check before you crush medicines because some medicines, if they are long-acting, might not be good to crush because then the person gets too much of the dosage at once. So you do want to check with your pharmacist, your primary care provider, or whoever prescribed that medicine. Also, another thing to consider if you are starting to see swallowing problems is to check in if your loved one is taking a medicine known as an antipsychotic. Some antipsychotics do have swallowing issues or difficulty swallowing as unfortunate adverse events. And one antipsychotic that has a tendency to do that, though not for everybody, but it can, is risperidone, also known as risperdal. So if you are seeing someone start to develop swallowing problems, you may want to first check out their med list and let their provider know, hey, my loved one started having problems swallowing. Do you think it could be the medicines? If that is ruled out, then it may be problems with, you know, forgetting how to swallow the pills. So this sums up three different approaches to get medicines into a person living with dementia. Okay, this was a super, super quick podcast, short content. I also want to let you know that if you want to get updates from me and stay tuned as the book gets closer to completion, to hop onto my website, Make Dementia Your Bitch, and sign up for weekly updates. No spam, just shit from me. And I also put the unsubscribe link in every communication because life changes and you may get to a point where you no longer need or want to hear from me. And and that's fine. The only thing stable about life is change. So happy holidays. And I will keep you all posted. Right now I'm working on putting together a live dementia behavior webinar and stay tuned for more details. And again, 
Thank you for listening, and let's make dementia our bitch. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Please rate and review on your favorite podcast platform so other dementia caregivers can find this podcast. If you are a caregiver for someone with dementia and need help understanding and dealing with these behaviors, please contact me. You can find me on Facebook, Make Dementia Your Bee, or email me, info at makedementiayourbitch.com.